Hello, hello, hello. So I have some absolutely amazing news before I start this episode of the podcast. This month, Des Kelly Interiors will be sponsoring my podcast, The Shane Walsh Podcast, to celebrate Sleep Timber. Des Kelly Interiors are an Irish-owned business specialising in all things beds, mattresses, flooring, carpets and home furnishings. They have nine showrooms across Dublin, Kildare and Meath. This month, they are celebrating Sleep Timber, where they will be running massive discounts across all nine stores in their bedding department. They'll be talking all things sleep on their socials, so make sure to tune in. I've always talked about the importance of sleep and I've had the amazing Tom Coleman on and he has done the research for Des Kelly on this side of things as well. And I'm honoured to be working with a brand that values sleep as much as I do. They have a huge range of beds and mattresses as well as a dedicated fitness connection range. They have very kindly offered and given me a discount code for all the listeners. When you quote Shane Walsh in store, you will get 10% off all beds and mattresses. So hope you guys enjoy the episode and massive thank you to Des Kelly Interiors for sponsoring the podcast. So before I go into the episode of the podcast that you guys are eagerly waiting for, I want to announce that there is a brand new intake of the Female Fat Loss Program, which is starting on the 3rd of October. So the school stuff, all the sports stuff, getting the kids all settled should have calmed down by now, hopefully. And this is an amazing program and the results that are coming through, the people that are coming through are getting changing results and the whole point of the program is to educate you on how to your mental health your pms your pcos endometriosis fertility whatever it may be and it's an important program that it's not going to be like here's 10 kg weight loss in six weeks that's not what the whole program is about what the program is about is an education tool that's going to educate you on how to enjoy your weekends and still get the results you're looking for to reduce that all or nothing approach that that you may have ingrained in you and remove you away from the certain club mentality that's out there. So it's a six week program. It's priced at 169 for six weeks. It's a Facebook group with like-minded people. So you have that accountability. You've got weekly check-ins with myself. You've got weekly Q and A's. So there's a lot, it's very hands-on and it's a, it's an amazing program and I'm very, very proud and, and humbled to have seen the results and the, the reaction to it so far. So if you're interested in working with me, head over to, the link below and it's starting on the 3rd of October and the program and everything tailored program tailored workouts with videos home or at the gym tailored nutrition tailored calories recipe books the works will be sent over to you the Friday beforehand and then we will get going on the Monday nothing is off limits no silly food rules carbs and chocolate every day to get you away from that all or nothing mindset that may be ingrained so if you're interested in joining 3rd of October is when it's going to start so click on the link in the show notes and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So I know this is episode 301, which is crazy. So I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has supported the podcast, who has listened to even a second of the podcast in relation to getting past 300 episodes. And we had a very special guest, Martin McDonald, on on episode 300 and it was it was amazing to have martin on and i'm looking at the list of guests coming up in for october and between now and christmas and that's how far ahead i have planned which is uh, unlike me but it's it's amazing to see because his topics coming in constantly from q a's and i'm kind of like right this can help me this can help you so thank you so much for listening to even a second sharing it with your friends listening to it so this episode is going to be a solo episode again and the solo episodes seem to be getting a lot of traction because they're and the feedback has been that they're kind of like making you challenge the narrative that you kind of believe around things 
And today's episode is why is your diet failing or why do we keep failing diets? And I had this conversation with people before, is it people fail diets or do diets fail people? And it's probably somewhere in the middle. In my personal opinion, I'm going to sit on the fence. And what I mean by that is there's a lack of education in schools. and There's been a lack of education for a very, very long time. And that hasn't helped where people are at right now from going from certain clubs, going for silly diets, going for quick fixes to the industry promoting these quicker fixes to not knowing what's going to be beneficial to the individual and if you're thinking about it a yo-yo diet is is someone that has come from has tried loads of different diets and nothing seems to be working you're not losing body fat your body shape isn't changing you you could be unhappy with how you're feeling motivated unmotivated and you could be a little bit more uh, you could be frustrated about the whole process as well and like losing weight and losing fat gaining muscle whatever it may be is they are difficult and they are challenging they are they can be frustrating and i'm not going to say that they're not i'm not going to say that a straight line of progress is going to lead you to your goal but another element could be that you try to lose some weight you lose that weight and then you drop the tools that have been working for you or something crops up and you haven't got a plan b or a c or you don't know how to go back into maintenance to just get you through that kind of difficult period whether it be kids are sick ramped up will work whatever it may be and this can be and people can be confused with what to believe what to what to try and do i was a perfect example of this is i was talking to someone yesterday on dms and they were asking me about pcos and the first question they asked me is what food do i need to cut out in order to get results with pcos and i was like none and that person was very confused i was like well why would you need to cut out anything if you cut out any food you would lose weight but if you cut off any limb you're going to lose weight as well now that's a dramatic example but once i kind of broke it down of like what the approach they were taking and they kind of gone down a rabbit hole of pcos and googling loads of different things and kind of broke it down as like well have you been actually adherent to what you're trying to do for for eight weeks and they were like no i was like well i would start looking at your level of adherence and the process first rather than trying to cut something out it could be that you're having too many calories in the weekends and we dug into a little bit further it was the weekends that were bringing that person back into a surplus so i was trying to like right let's aim for a weekly calorie target so it'll be interesting to see if that person is listening or if that person is kind of a little bit more in tune with what they should be doing or that may not be what's right for them either that weekly calorie target can be overwhelming for people that that's giving them freedom that fear of having that little bit more freedom for them so there's there's this stat of like 95 percent of people fail diets and it's kind of like it's a stat but it's only from one study so it's out there but we don't necessarily know if it's 100 percent true and it's no secret that so many people struggle when it comes to dieting. There is also so much information out there that it can leave you feeling overwhelmed and confused. And I had an episode recent, or there's an episode out in about two weeks with Simon Hill, and we talk about how to dissect the misinformation that's out there. If you look at it from a point of view, we've gone from zero kind of formal education on nutrition or even how to read a nutrition label on the back of food to blaming carbs for 
weight gain and fats for weight gain all that kind of stuff to where we have so much information we're endlessly scrolling on our phones we've endlessly endless amounts of podcasts that we can listen to and we're, we're struggling we've got information overload we're overwhelmed by it we don't know where to start and there's a lot of misinformation out there and it's no wonder that so many people are getting confused there's no no wonder so many people are looking to not sure where to go for so i would look at the likes of people's information the likes of ben carpenter the likes of sohi lee the likes of amelia thompson the likes of emma story gordon the likes of brian Keane, the likes of paul dermody the likes of martin mcdonald the likes of james smith these are just some of the names that have come up with initially in my head and there's so many other people that i've had like avian bannon on or a walsh on so many people that i've had on that can aid you in your journey for information there are so many more that i've kind of left out the likes of luke tullock and stuff as well with regarding your training and your nutrition danny matranga there's so many more people that are have been on and danny lennon if you want to go for a more scientific point of view and if you're a pt or coach i would highly recommend lift the bar there's precision nutrition there's mac nutrition there's emma story gordon and amelia thompson's course there's so many different things that you can go down so there's a lot of different reasons and a lot of different variables why diets actually fail and it varies from person to person so i'm going to come up with like seven or eight i have seven written down but it could be an eighth based on what my thought is right now so number one is i would say it's not tailoring it towards yourself we all have different bodies we all have different lifestyles we all have different wants we all have different likes we all have different dislikes when it comes to training or nutrition or lifestyle and this is why some diets work for some people and not for others. So you just need to look at some of the popular forums such as Weight Watchers to see a mixture of people it has worked for and people it hasn't. A common situation from working with over a thousand clients at this stage is I come across is a person who who's recommended a diet by Karen at work or Karen down the road. Sorry if your name is Karen, by the way. It's just the name that comes to my head straight away. Recommended by a friend or a colleague even when it appears not to be working for that individual, that person can stubbornly persevere without any progress being made. But we also have to bear in mind what, that we are all made differently. Surely it makes sense that our diets are then different to suit our own needs. So some questions that you could ask yourself when you want to ask yourself when designing or following a strategy or following a diet is, does this fit my lifestyle? Do I like the majority of these foods? Do the foods easily fit my social circles? Does this diet allow me to have some flexibility? And can I stick? Can I see myself sticking to this for longer than one week? If you answer no to any of these, then it's not, not the right strategy for you. I remember listening to Sigma Nutrition, Danny Lennon podcast, and he had someone on, they were kind of saying, if you can't stick to your diet, so diet to me, the definition of diet means lifestyle most people's definition of diet is way off it means frustration it means being miserable it means restriction but if you can't say yes to all of those or any of those well then it's probably not the right diet for you so does this fit into your lifestyle do i like the majority of the foods that i'm having do the foods easily fit into my social circles? Does this diet allow me to have some flexibility? Can I see myself sticking to this for more than one week? So does it fit into your lifestyle? Does it mean 
if you're picking a diet do you have to cook separate meals for your kids does it take into account that you are traveling for work does it take into account that you are a busy parent does it take into account that you are on the road for sports all the time or whatever it may be do i like the majority of these foods are there foods that you've been given a basic generic meal plan but your pt or your coach i wouldn't call them a coach if they've done this that they have literally googled what a meal plan is and sent that off to you and there's nothing on that that you actually enjoy then you look at do the foods easily fit into my social circles is there an element of that you are being provided with education on how to have meals out where you don't feel like you're missing out that you're able to have meals out with your family where you're able to make memories have takeaways or whatever it may be and fit that into your social life if your social life uh, involves a lot of brunches or lunches or dinners or drinks and that doesn't allow that kind of social circle thing fit in well then it's probably not the right thing for you and that's why the weekly calorie target is amazing for that so does this diet allow some flexibility your diet needs to be flexible in my opinion there's times where you will put the foot in the gas and you'll be like hell for leather and there will be about i would say 10 percent of people that i've worked with are people that would be like right tell me to do this i'll do this the other people need to be advised on right let's take one step at a time one foot in front of the other and see how we go what's what's coming up for you in the next 12 weeks right i've got i've got a holiday and i've got a trip away and it's one of the my kids birthdays so we need to try and say right we've got flexibility around those can we try and push or try to bring in laser focus on those two weeks then we've got your son's birthday and bring around that and then the big question is can i see myself sticking to this for longer than one week if you can see yourself sticking to something long term then realistically you're not going to stick to it so you're already setting yourself up for a fall you've been given this quick fix of this is going to fix all my problems it's not going to fix any of your problems so if you can't answer yet answer yes to any of the above well then you set up your diet incorrectly dieting isn't a quick fix and the i like if you listen to the episode on like the irony of the quick fix it makes it a longer process for you so if it if the approach isn't tailored to you well then you are unlikely to be able to stick to that you won't be consistent so the second one that i'm going to talk about is jumping to solutions and a link in what i've said there is jumping to solutions rather than looking at the behaviors and patterns so you're looking for this new fad diet that's been invented by someone or a company and you're looking for that to solve all of your dieting problems but if you look at and answer those questions again that i've said are any of those able to be answered as yes when you stick to it or that to be able to kind of justify it that you're going to use it the answer is probably no so you're already trying to jump to a solution of this is going to be the next new shiny object that i'm going to go for and hope for the best here but realistically you're probably not going to immerse yourself in it or give the full there's going to be an element of kind of resistance for you to kind of jump into it and i can see why because if we fail if we have failed or have been frustrated there's an element of right this hasn't worked for me so i'm not going to fully commit and if we don't fully commit to something it can be a little bit more difficult and if 
the diet initially is going to be a restrictive diet, I would say I wouldn't be able to commit to that either. That's me talking from my personal experience. Like I know when I did my fitness photo shoot, I was aware that was 10 weeks of dieting. That's the only time in my life that I've actually gone on a proper like weight loss or a cut in my life. And what I knew that that was going to be 10 weeks of elements of restriction. Did it improve my relationship with food? No. Did it improve my relationship with myself? No. Did it allow flexibility? No. Did it allow it to fit into my social circles? No. But it was looking at it from a process based or an outcome based of this is what I need to do to get to this in order for that. And there's nothing wrong with that if you've got like a holiday in six weeks or eight weeks, but knowing that it's not going to be long term. But I'm talking to people who are looking for long term results is that they try to a, a new diet or a new fad that they're going to look up is that's going to be the solution, the answer to all their problems. When realistically, we probably need to look at is it actually going to impact in your relationship with food? It's probably going to impact your relationship with food. So I wouldn't say that's healthy eating. And Simon Hill talks about that a little bit more. His definition of healthy eating is will it impact your relationship with food? And if the diet that you're picking is going to impact your relationship with food or not improve it in any way, well, then it's not the right approach. So rather than trying to jump to the next solution, why not try to actually work on your mindset around things? It's not sexy. But that's what I pride myself on my one-to-one clients, 100%, is working on that mindset, that, that compassion element of one meal can't derail anyone. Two meals can't derail anyone. If it doesn't allow that flexibility of social circles, flexibility with your meals, the working towards weekly calorie targets is huge. The education of your mindset around the weighing scales. Because the weighing scales is going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to stagnate. And when we accept that, it's a little bit easier. We're not projecting. Generally, food isn't the issue for people. It can be, but generally it's how we feel about ourselves is the issue with food. If we value ourselves a little bit lower than we may want to or need to, we've got low self-esteem, which is based off what other people want, or slow self-worth, which is based off that we think we are less than other people. Counseling will really, really help you. CBT will really, really help you. But jumping into another diet when you're not feeling content or close to content about yourself or adjusting that mindset around things for yourself and thinking another diet is going to fix your solutions or jumping into another solution it's not really going to aid you in any way so we need to look at it from a point of view of if your mindset or your relationship with food needs improving or you need improvement with your education around things is another quick fix realistically going to work for you or aid you I revert back to those questions again. Does it fit into your lifestyle? Do I like these foods? Does it easily fit into my social circles? Does this diet allow me some flexibility? And can I see myself stick to this for longer than one week? And then number three is a lack of understanding around portion control. I would say 99% of people at the very, very beginning struggle with the portion control as well. I'm eating healthy, but I'm not losing weight. And that's one sentence that could come in. And that's 
a sentence I hear regularly at the beginning is oh, I'm eating healthy, I'm doing everything I can. But there's there's two methods that it could be that we're not in a calorie deficit, which is eating less for our body than our body needs over a consistent amount of time, or that we our portions we're saying something is say five hundred calories and it could be end up eight hundred calories. Or we don't know how to don't know what a plate of food could look like. And learning and understanding portion control is a skill. It takes time. And it is very, very important. If we don't comprehend or don't know how to comprehend or haven't been taught how to look at what a portion could look like, it's gonna it's very, very hard and just needs a little bit of guidance. That's why I work with my one-to-one clients and in the female fat loss groups, they have sent in pictures of their food looking for advice. You don't necessarily have to count calories in order to lose weight. Does it can it help some people? Yes. Can it hinder other people? 100%. But the one thing that's going to be a common is the portion control. And I'm not saying, right, here's a stick of celery, here's a here's a carrot, and here's a half a piece of chicken. That's not what I'm saying what portion control is. So you could think of a way of, and this is from Precision Nutrition, and it's a great course if you're a PT listening to this. John, Bar- um, John Berardi is phenomenal. And it was the first nutrition course that I completed. So think of it like one serving of protein could be two palms. One serving of carbs is two cup tans. And one serving of fat is two thumbs. And that could be what a portion could look like. And then you're adding snacks in on top of that. And that's what males should have or could look like. And then females is one serving of protein is one palm, one serving of carbs is one cup tanned, one serving of fat is one thumb. That can aid you as a kind of like a foundation. Doesn't mean you have to do it every single time. I don't do it every single time. Another tool that could work for someone is just aiming for three meals and two or three snacks a day. Have I got is half my plate filled up with veggies? Have I got some protein on it? Have I got a little bit of fats on it? And have I got some carbs on it? Like remember, carbs are fruit and veggies as well. So when people say that carbs are fat, will make you fat. It's kind of like, well, no, veggies and fruit won't make you fat. No food in isolation will make you fat. It's your consistent effort over time that you're eating more than your body needs over a consistent time that makes someone fat. People think that when they think of carbohydrates, they think of the processed foods like pizzas, crisps, chips, whatever it may be. But people forget that fruit, veggies are carbohydrates as well. So they're general guidelines what I'm talking about and if you want to check that out just google precision nutrition portion sizes if you want to do that that could help you or it may not work for you either and just aim for three meals two snacks if you don't want to count calories could be an option for you as well the fourth one that I'm going to talk about is overcomplicating it and this is what a lot of people can do this is very very common and I see this very very often you worry too much about what's the best time to eat or how many five, how much fiber you should eat, how many carbs you should have at each meal when you haven't even got the basics in place. We are trying to run a marathon before we can actually walk. The basics being understanding the calorie deficit, understanding the portion control, understanding what, how much regular feedings of protein and how that will help you. And understanding the basics, the foundations of it. We need to stop trying to run before we can actually walk. K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple and be trying to be a little bit more consistent. 
guarantee with consistency will lead to the progress that you're looking for. The finer details can be tweaked. If you're a bodybuilder, then you'll need to worry about the finer details. But John and Mary down the road who are trying to lose a few pounds or whatever it may be, they don't need to worry about perfect meal timings, perfect leucine thresholds, perfect protein timings after workouts. They don't need to worry about that. That can be something that's taught to you after you've got a little bit more momentum sticking to what what you're trying to do for a while. You need to look at does the diet actually complement or complicate your life. If the actual diet that you've chosen to go on complicates your life, well then it's probably not going to you're not going to be able to stick to it. The fifth one is banning or demonizing or restricting food. And this is something that I see on a regular basis. The first 4 weeks with me generally as a one-to-one client is looking at and it's not going to unwire everyone's kind of like biases towards food. But it's educating, right, nothing is off limits. So if nothing's off limits, we can't restrict. You have that flexibility. So what this would look like is you ban or demonize or completely eliminate all foods you, foods you enjoy without actual any valid reason. Because they are deemed unhealthy in inverted commas. You believe that these will make you fat because Mary said that bread will make you fat. Bread won't make you fat. That's a fact. Unless it brings you into a consistent caloric surplus, but you'd have to eat an awful lot of bread or food in order to do that. But healthy diet probably means, and I Simon talks about this, is healthy diet means not impacting your relationship with food. Dieting is harder or hard enough already without us making it harder on ourselves. The only times that I would say you need to kind of like look at and try to avoid a certain food is if you have an allergy, you have an intolerance, IBS that is a triggering food, you actually dislike the food itself, or you've been advised to by an actual professional who knows what they're talking about. But if your diet doesn't allow for you to have that flexibility, allow for that social occasions, to have those pizzas, to have those burgers, to have those takeaways. Think of it like an 80% rule. So 80% wholesome, nutritious foods, 20% of the foods that you want to have. The likes of the chocolate, the, the ice cream, whatever it may be. A lot of people will say, I've been good all week, so I deserve this on a Friday or a Saturday, and then struggle to reset on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and that's already Wednesday. With the following Wednesday when they tried to reset. But that's because the, the, the key to that is you've restricted during the week. And that restriction would has never aided you in any way. If you actually sat down and write out every single diet that you've tried and use that criteria that I spoke about a second ago, which is the element of and answer the questions and tick a box, say, does this fit into my lifestyle? Do I like these foods? Does it fit into my social circles? Does it allow me to have flexibility? Can I see myself sticking to this for one week, more than one week? How many of the diets you've actually tried have actually ticked any of those boxes? I would say not a whole lot. So we probably need to try the opposite. But starting off with either calorie counting could be a one aim for someone. Another person could be just aiming for three meals, two or three snacks a day. Another person could be just wanting to work on their portions. 
another person could be just making sure they're having chocolate each day so that they're bringing that confidence that removal of fear around a certain food the approach that i've mentioned there isn't tailored to anyone it's ideas that could you could latch onto and try rather than trying the next restrictive approach the next one is you don't track anything and i don't necessarily mean that you have to track calories but if you are tracking calories it can help some people in that regard and what happens when a lot when people are tracking calories is or can happen when people are counting calories is they'll only count on the days they are in inverted commas well behaved or on track they either consciously don't count nibbles that they're having they don't count say that bar of chocolate or whatever it may be and then they're, they're getting frustrated because well, how, well you're not counting it so it's not going to give you a true reflection or else you don't track on weekends because you haven't been taught how to or don't know how to weekends are a lot more difficult to track or can be and i think a safe option is kind of like right i'm going out for a pizza with friends on say saturday for example and if i was counting calories i would say right a domino's pizza a medium domino's pizza is about two and a half thousand calories by itself so if you're tracking calories you could say right I'm just going to say, right, this is my dinner is going to be anywhere between 1,500 to 2,000 calories. That could be just like it may be less, it may be more. Or it could be 1,000 to 1,500 calories, depending on what you're having. Enter that in first thing in the morning so you know where you can work back for it. And then you can, you're working towards your weekly calorie target. Most people will be like 1,200 calories Monday, 1,200 calories Tuesday, 1,200 calories Wednesday. Then it starts to get a little bit 1900 calories Thursday or 3000 calories Thursday, 3000 calories Friday, Saturday and Sunday. But if you had say 17, 1800 calories all the way through the rest of the week or even more like two, two and a half thousand on the Saturday, on the Saturday and the Sunday, you're still within, you're still having 3000 calories less than the 100, the 1200 approach that you're probably taking. You could write out a food diary on what you're having if you wanted to. You could send a food diary, send picture diary over to your coach. Especially at the early stages, I highly recommend. And there's a direct correlation to those who get the results, whether improving with the relationship with food and themselves and the knowledge, the ones that do it at the very beginning. There's a direct link between that rather than trying to go it on their own. So below some of the things that you can do with a food diary is taking pictures on your phone. You could take notes on your phone, write down a piece of paper or post it. Apps like MyFitnessPal or Carbon Coach or whatever it may be, or physically writing it down on a piece of paper. The big reason for a food diary is to create awareness for you and also to provide it as an education tool. Review it at the end of each day and write, ask yourself, right, what's gone well here? What changes could I make? But the big thing is you need to ask yourself, what's gone well here? I had a conversation with a client this morning and she sent me over her food diary and I kind of, I reviewed it and I was kind of ticking, ticking along with it and I was kind of like, right, this has gone well, this has gone well. And then we we're kind of like, right, so if I was to get you to review this, what would you say? And she's kind of like, well, what worked really well 
is I got made sure I got my three portions of protein into my day. And what could you tweak? Well, I could tweak that I'm going to get a shop in on a Sunday because there's a little bit more snacking than I probably needed. I was like, okay, brilliant. You're still within your calories, haven't messed up anything, but it's a small minor tweak. Just get your shop in on a Sunday. That's amazing to have that awareness so early on in the process for that person rather than that beating of shame and remorse and and guilt stick that most people build themselves and beat themselves up with. So the main takeaways from this podcast, tailor your diet towards your how you want to feel, how your body, lifestyle, social circles, likes or dislikes. Understand portion control. So look at precision nutrition, type it into Google and you'll get it. Avoid overcomplicating diets. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. Avoid restriction. Try and keep a food diary, whether it's my fitness pal, writing it out, taking pictures. And stop jumping to solutions. And the last one, and I forgot about this, is have a why. I've spoken about this several times. And I will continue to do it because it's the hardest part for someone to dig into. Most people, when they go off on a, when say we're having the welcome calls with my one-to-one clients, it's kind of like, well, why do you want to lose weight? Because I want to lose weight. It's like, well, what have you tried before? Or what's been the stopping reason for you before? There's no emotional attachment to it. Losing weight isn't a big enough goal. So why do you want to lose weight? Because I want to feel good. Why do you want to feel good? Because I want to be able to buy clothes. Why do you want to be able to buy clothes? So I can get into photos. Why do you want to get into photos? So I can get photos with my kids. Why do you want to get photos with kids? So they have memories of me when I'm when I'm gone or when I'm older. So there's massive things there that's kind of, there's a proper why. There's an emotional why. And my why is to protect my mental health. without my mental health I can't really function and it doesn't mean that it has to be in the gym my training at the minute is involving football training three times or training twice a week or training and then one match at the weekend I'm taking the boxes of what I value which is social interaction taking the box of exercise protecting my mental health and also a little bit of competitiveness and trying to be the best I can I'm pushing myself beyond my boundaries. There are three or four things that I value. But a lot of people aren't sure of what they value. They think they should value these things because everyone else is doing that. Whether it be finance, whether it be a house, whether it be a car, whether it be a new phone, those fancy holidays. But most people aren't clear on what they actually want to do with their lives or what actually is important to them. But deep down, we're all, we're all simple creatures. We want that comfort. We want to be wanted. We want to be liked. We want to be part of a community, majority of us. So potentially joining a couple of classes could help you. Potentially joining a group like the, the Female Fat Loss Program, which is a like-minded group. Potentially having someone to be accountable to. But if we don't know why we want to do something, we don't, and this is where motivation comes in. You're not going to be motivated every day. Like I'm not motivated. I'm looking at the window right now and it was pissing rain this morning. I didn't want to go for a walk. 
But as soon as I stop pressing record on this, I'm going to go for a walk and get a coffee in. Because it's, it's adding to my mental health. It's giving me what I value, which is fresh air. Give me something to listen to. Which is either my own thoughts or it's getting me exercise, getting me outside to improve my mental health. But it's also allowing me to learn while I'm out, out and about as well. Most people like um, motivation. You don't go to work motivated every single day. How often do we complain about work? But we still go. Because you know that if you don't go, you don't get paid. If you don't get paid, you can't keep the roof over your heads or the, the put the food on the table for your family. So there you have a proper why. But a lot of people aren't clear on what their values are. Most people aren't clear on why they want to lose weight. They leave it up to chance. They look for the quick fix rather than trying to address and going for that internal dialogue. It's tough. I'm not going to pretend it's not. But if we're clear on our why... He or she will overcome anyhow. That's Viktor Frankl. It's it's immensely important you know why you want to do something. It's immensely important that you are in line with your values and finding those values. So the reasons why your diet's your diet is failing is jumping to solutions not knowing your why restriction not really tracking anything in any shape or form overcomplicating it lack of understanding around portion control which I spoke about not tailoring it towards yourself there's plenty in there to look at there are other options of trying to be perfect there are other options of relying on motivation there are other things of lack of self-compassion there are other ones like so many different ones i could have kind of gone into and i may do a second part of this to do it but there's enough there and if you are struggling there are options at all very different prices in relation to coaching from I know people that charge 30 quid a month and I'm conscious that there's financial kind of issues for people at the minute and it may mean it may not be the priority but if you ask those questions what I've said to you already and you're trying to go up by yourself does it fit into your lifestyle do I like the majority of these foods do the foods easily fit my social circles? Does the style allow me some flexibility? And can I see myself sticking to this for longer than a week? If you can't answer yes to any of these, then your diet is is going to set you up for a fall. And you owe it to yourself to try a different approach. Be clear on your why. Stop restricting foods. Often it's not the food that the issue is. It's how we are see ourselves. So counseling could help there. So if you're interested in working with me on a one-to-one basis, there's a link in the show notes, www.shamewaltfitness.com or DM me. And then if you want to come into the female fat loss group that starts on the 3rd of October, the link is in the show notes as well. Small spaces left on that. And the people that are in there already are absolutely smashing, absolutely killing it. So hopefully you've enjoyed that episode as always guys please thank you so much for supporting it thank you so much for listening to any episode 
if you enjoy this episode please do tag me up on your story leave a review up on itunes or even up on spotify now as well so thank you guys for listening to the episode and i hope you have an amazing day